Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Welcome, my listening friends, to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Joe Nettles, and I also welcome you on behalf of David Wise. And we are the pastors of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, respectively. And we thank you for listening, and we would love to know that you're listening. Uh, we would love to pray for you if you have prayer requests. We would love to enter into a discourse with you if you have questions or comments or doubts. Uh, or criticisms even, go to gospel-of-grace.com and contact us. We'd greatly love to hear from you. It's a great encouragement when we hear from those who are listening and being fed and encouraged by this broadcast. Uh, we'd hate for it to be over one day and many people contact us and say, where did it go? No, we we would love to have our flowers while we're alive, so to speak. So uh, please contact us and let us know that you're listening. Today, we're going to begin on a series of messages called A Good Confession. And after this uh, hymn. We'll be right back with today's message. Thank you so much for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace Radio Broadcast. Again, I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I'm turned in my Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now, what we're going to start considering today is a wonderful confession. When we stop and think about the wonderful confessions of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we have heard in the church, in our families, wonderful times when people would come forward with tears streaming forth from their eyes, and they would express the work of grace that has taken place in their hearts. It's a rejoicing time. It convicts and pricks in the heart of other people who are in the congregation, maybe who have been holding off and white-knuckling, so to speak, the back of the pew and not coming forward. It gives great relief and great joy to those people who have been praying uh, for the one who is doing the confessing. And most of all, gives great joy uh, unto the Lord who has commanded us to do so, to confess his great matchless name. Oh, just repentance of a sinner causes great rejoicing among the angels in heaven. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is to think about a wonderful, strong confession, a spiritual Jesus Christ confession. Well, today we'd like to speak about a, a good confession that we read about in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Paul writes to Timothy and exhorts him and says, fight the good fight of faith. 
lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Give thee charge, excuse me, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Here the Apostle Paul speaks about the good profession that Timothy had made. And he had been backing that profession up with his life. Now, Timothy was like the rest of us ministering servants. People think that preachers, pastors are totally immune to discouragement. Uh, no, my friends, we are not immune to discouragement. And many of the phrases of the Apostle Paul to Timothy teach us that Timothy was battling discouragement. But here, this blessed Apostle, who was in prison, mind you, who was in prison and was sending a letter of encouragement to a beleaguered pastor that he loved very much, who he count, counted his son in the ministry. Here he refers to the good profession, the wonderful confession of the Lord Jesus Christ before Pontius Pilate. How that we can take heart in that and what we should learn from that. Well, if it was important enough for Paul, writing of the inspiration of the Spirit of God, to exhort a discouraged uh, Timothy with this, then I think it would behoove us to examine the good confession of Jesus Christ before Pontius Pilate. Now, uh, we're going to go back and forth through some of the Gospels to try to examine the statements of Jesus Christ before Pontius Pilate. I don't think it was a long period of time that Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate and the couple of episodes where he came before this Roman governor. Uh, but at the same time, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, because they are God, carried with them great weight, great import, and perfection and glory for us while we live here in this world. First off, we'll go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 11. And we read, And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. Now at first you may think this just sounds very benign. He's asking him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus there had been brought before Pontius Pilate during this kangaroo court episode uh, where uh, liars and blasphemers came forward and uh, made false accusation against the perfect Lamb of God. And here Pontius, who is a heathen, Pontius, who was a Roman, a pagan, uh, came forward and boldly asked, Art thou the king of the Jews? In other words, are, are they who you say, who, who they say that you are saying you are? And Jesus said unto him, just simply, thou sayest. In the vernacular of that day and age from you know this translation of the Greek, essentially Jesus is saying, you said it, not me. What you said is true. You got it. You knocked the nail on the head. Thou sayest. Now, what are we to learn from this? Well, certainly a very basic lesson we should learn from this is that we should never, ever deny who we are. We should never deny who we are. Do you know what? Uh, someone who denies who they are, they're either a con artist or they're confused. Maybe they're schizophrenic. Maybe they have mental issues or they're just a downright liar. And so we should never deny who we are and to whom we belong. 
Jesus is saying, yes, I am king of the Jews. Here he is. He's boldly speaking this before Pontius Pilate, who fancied himself the sovereign over that area. Now, certainly he answered to Caesar, but yet he fancied himself having great power uh, and uh, political clout in that area of Judea. But Jesus told him very plainly, I am this king of whom you speak. That's right. Don't deny who you are. Be honest. Uh, don't speak with dissimulation. What does it mean to speak with dissimulation? It means to uh, try to speak in such a way that people will not be able to boldly see, clearly see, and determine who you are in your person. You know, we turn over to Acts chapter 27, verse 23, and we see that uh, when the apostle Paul was in bondage, that he was on a prison ship. He was en route to Rome. Great, great wind and storm. Uh, great tribulation had befallen them, and everyone was afraid they were going to die. And, uh, and the way that they were panicking, these seafaring people, it's very probable that they would have died. But yet, Paul knew that he belonged to someone, and he knew and believed that uh, to whom he belonged, when he told him something, you could take it to the bank. And Paul told them and comforted those people. He said in verse 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, the messenger of God, the servant of God. And what are these angels of God? The angels of God in Hebrews chapter 1 are told that they are ministering servants sent to minister to those who shall be heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be heirs of promise, heirs of grace. And here was one very precious unto God. He sent his angel unto Paul here to encourage him and to give him this wonderful message, this evangel, as it were, of a faithful God to a faithful servant that God would be true to his word. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Now, he wasn't speaking of the angel, but he was speaking of the God to whom that angel belonged and to whom Paul belonged. Paul was unashamed to say, I belong to God. We live in a life of great fading flowers. People don't have a spine anymore. They're afraid to speak up with just strength. Oh, many people will want to rail. Many people want to scream and holler and carry on with histrionics uh, and uh, draw attention to themselves and, and express their indignation and their wrath. But my friends, we as disciples of Jesus Christ should be peaceful we should be loving, we should be meek, but none of those things mean that we should be weak. None of those things mean that we should be apologetic for what we believe. None of those uh, carry with it the idea that we should be these people who are kind of just fading into the background and saying, yes, I believe the gospel, I believe the Bible, I'm sorry, I know it's not popular. No, you do not be sorry. You'd be sorry if you don't believe that gospel. You stand up, confess yourself for who you are, I believe in my God who owns me, who has created me, who loves me and will never fail me. He never has failed me, although I have failed him many times. Yet I belong to him whose I am and whom I serve. I'm here to tell you today, my friends, if you're a confessed believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you need to buck up and you need to be the person that you need to be. If you're listening to the sound of my voice today and you have not confessed your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who paid for your sins, you believe in him in your heart, your mind is troubled because you don't serve him the way you ought to, then I would encourage you, my friends, quit ye like men. That's a biblical way of saying be strong. 
act like the biblical Christian you should be. We have a wonderful heritage. We have many people who are our forebears in the church, uh, who are other believers from ages past, who are willing to be burned at the stake, singing praise to God. What strength that must have taken. Well, I'm here to tell you, my friends, you stand by those people this night, just as the Lord sent his angel to stand by Paul uh, that night and speak of the God that he serves and whose God that he belonged to. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, my friends, there's a statement there that we cannot deny. As believers of Jesus Christ, why are you a believer in Jesus Christ? You are a believer in Jesus Christ because you have been bought with a price. He didn't ask for a volunteer. No, with his blood, he made a purchase. Did he keep the receipt? No, he didn't because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He's never made a mistake. He's never died for one. He's never shed the blood for one. He never lived the perfect life for one who will ever feel the lick of the fire of hell. That's the successful God that we serve today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, we read, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are gods. What about your body? Try to keep it healthy. Try to keep it safe. Try to use it to a good end. Use those hands and those feet and that mind to serve other people, to tell them about Jesus Christ, what wonderful things he has done for you. Think about the life that you used to lead. Or maybe you're sitting on the sound of my voice today in this radio broadcast, and you're leading a life that is full of shame. And you know that it brings shame to your family, but you know there's something even worse than that. You know in the back of your mind, gnawing in your spirit, that it brings shame to the almighty God of glory, the God of the Bible. I'm here to tell you, my friends, be strong. You're bought with a price. If you're bought with a price because you have that conviction in your heart and that belief that Jesus Christ is your Savior, that shows that he purchased you on the tree of Calvary, my friends, with the precious blood of Christ, not as a lamb with a blemish or spot, but as a lamb without blemish or spot, blood by the perfect, uh, bled by the perfect lamb of God who paid the sin debt for you. Ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. If you're bought with a price, then be what you are. Uh, then own up uh, to who owns you. Okay? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. How can you glorify God in your spirit? Well, you need to behave like a child of God. That means eschew the things of darkness. Now, I'm not saying we can't enjoy entertainments, but my friends, if they're God dishonoring and they're filthy and they're blasphemous, we need to be turning away from them. No, we need to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. Also, that could be said in our spirits. Sanctify the Lord God in our heart and be ready to give an answer to those who ask of the hope that is in us with meekness and in fear. Sanctify your heart. Uh, keep, my friends, your heart. For out of it are the issues of life. Focus on your Lord. Spend time meditating with him. We live in such a very busy age. Sometimes I'm so busy at work, and then I have this business to take care of, and this church business to take care of. And, I, you know, I worked 11 hours today at the uh, eye laser surgery center in Columbus, Mississippi, and I'm tired and I'm worn out. And here I come home to study so that I can deliver this radio broadcast. Uh, friends, I want to encourage you. There are times in our lives when we need to rest, when we need to focus and meditate in peace and quiet on Jesus Christ. Use that spirit that God has given you. Uh, be not transformed, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that also, my friends, that affects your spirit. Draw close unto God. Draw nigh unto him, friends, and he'll draw nigh unto you. You're to love him because you're bought with a price. Yes, you are the servant of God. 
I'll tell you, if you have that trembling in your heart and that quivering in your lip, I'm going to tell you, you have been made a servant slave under the greatest master that there ever has been. In Exodus chapter 21, verses 5 through 6, here it sets up the context is a servant. And by servant, it means a slave. Uh, now, not necessarily, it's not at all speaking of slavehood, uh, slavery, as we experienced here in America, which was very shameful, uh, which I'm embarrassed about. I'm not at all proud of, and we need to be embarrassed by that. Now, am I saying that we need to scrub history of the mistakes of America, Uh, that we need to blow it all out of proportion and proclaim as absolutely hell-bound and evil everybody who made the mistake of owning a slave or supporting slavery? No, we need to take things scripturally and in context. But the institution of men-stealing. See, what we had in America was men-stealing. That means one tribe would overcome another tribe, steal those men and sell them to people, would put them on ships and bring them to America who would keep them in bondage. That is, according to the word of God, men stealing, kidnapping. It is wrong and damnable in the eyes of God. See, so much of the slavery or servanthood that you see in the word of God is not men stealing. No, it is like indentured servitude. You had a debt that you could not pay. Therefore, by the means of satisfying that debt is to commit yourself unto your master to be, let that one become your master and you become their servant and you're to serve that person to pay off that debt. So so oftentimes when you see servant in the word of God, it's not talking about someone who was stolen to be a servant, but someone who had a debt they could not pay and they were obligated to serve a master. Now, uh, this character in Exodus chapter 21 is one who is a servant to his master. He came in with no wife, no children. He came in with nothing. Uh, He came in uh, having nothing, no ability, no wherewithal, and everything he had, all the safety, all the housing, all the room and board, all the security that he's enjoyed up to this point has been because of his master. Well, his master gave him a wife. Uh, His master gave him this wife, and then they had children. Well, according to the law, this man, if he decided to leave out of the house of his master, then he was free to go. When his servitude was up, when his debt had been paid, or when the time of release came, the time of jubilee came, he he could certainly be released and and he could go back uh, to his homeland, back to a life of freedom. But it was his master who was responsible for blessing him with that wife and those children. So I'm going to tell you, my friends, if I had the choice of serving a man who was good enough to give me a good wife and I've been able to have wonderful children with her, I would really, really not be anxious to leave that household. Why? Because that master's been good to me. So this master here and servant relationship is spoken of in Exodus 21 verses 5 through 6. And if the servant shall plainly say, in this instance, uh, and if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master. Notice who he leads with. Some people may think, well, this person who's doing this is only doing it because You know, they've got an affection for the wife and children. They hate the master. How dare this master not let them leave out with me? And, uh, you know, I just can't despite. No, it leads off with this statement. I love my master. Not I'm just obligated to my master. No, not that, uh, you know, this man holds a higher, uh, uh, a superior position than I do. He's more powerful than me. I begrudgingly own that he has been my master all of these years, and now I'm just begrudgingly staying because I have affection for this wife and children. No, he says, I love my master. Uh, Not that I'm just doing this because I have to. No, I love my master. 
And then he says, my wife and my children. I will not go out free. This servant loves his master and really appreciates and loves what this master has provided for him. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. That means this is going to be proclaimed publicly. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl. A sharp uh, stone uh, or piece of wood would be driven through the ear, uh, not as a decoration. Uh, I have My children have pierced their noses. I don't like it, but it was their choice to do. Many people pierce their lips. They pierce their forehead. They're doing all this for adornment and shock value. These people did it because the law demanded this expression of adoration for the master and for the children. Okay, That's the context here. Bring him to the doorpost. Before the judges, his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Friends, I'm going to ask you, if you've loved your master, if your master has given you breath, if he's given you uh, your wherewithal, you're bought with a price. But yet, my friends, how could you outgive this God, this God who gave his only begotten son, this God who has protected you with providence, has given you food to eat? Every morsel of bread you've ever eaten has come from the Father on high. Every thread of garment that you've ever worn was provided you ultimately by God. You may say, oh, I worked for it. Well, how did you have the energy? How did you have the mental capacity? How, how did you have the thought processes to work for those things? Why? Because God bestowed them upon you and blessed you to have them. Yes, my friends, ye are bought with a price. Now, now appreciate this master, appreciate this God, and you go to the public place where the judges are. And I believe that's referring, that's a type and shadow of the Lord's church, the church of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We invite you to come to a primitive Baptist church near you if you have this conviction of spirit. Come forward, my friends, and confess before the congregation, I love my master. I love all that he's done for me. I'm unworthy, but yet he's bestowed these things upon me. Oh, I could go the ways of this world, but I would live in dread condemnation and in heartache. I love my master. And you tell them that, my friends, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, they'll gladly receive you and you can be baptized. That baptism is an expression of covenant bond, uh, your expression of fidelity to your Savior, that because of his death, burial, and resurrection, you emulating that death, burial, and resurrection, you want to serve him as long as you live, because I'm here to tell you, my friends, you've got something to look forward to even after life is over. Ain't God good? Yeah, he is. I'll tell you what, if it was necessary for me to back my ear, the penna of my ear, up to the doorpost and let somebody drive an awl through it, uh, to show forth my love for my master, I would certainly do it even today. But good news is, my friends, I don't have to break my skin and shed my blood. No, because there's one whose skin was pierced and whose blood was shed for me. Oh, not a bone of him was broken, but those things were done for me that I might live with him in heaven. I am bought with a price, my friends, uh, to whom, uh, whose I am and whom I serve. I'm here to tell you he's a good God and I want to be a good servant. Friends, how wonderful is this servitude, this slavery? Notice the words in Philippians chapter 3 of the Apostle Paul, and we'll close with these words. Here, Paul is speaking about how he wants to draw closer unto his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, not being found with his own righteousness, which is according to the law, but being found with the righteousness of Christ. And how did he know he had that righteousness? It was revealed unto him because he had faith. He trusted this Lord. Therefore, that's his evidence, his seal, that he belonged unto God. He was bought with a price. So he goes on in Philippians 3, verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He said, I want to get better. I want to attain even to the, to the glory and the power of the resurrection of the dead. But then he goes on and he owns what we all know. We're only able to do so much. 
Oh, but what we can do is glorious. He says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. Means I I go forward. There's movement. There's something dynamic about the life of the Apostle Paul. He's not just sitting stagnant saying, well, I can't do everything, so that means I'll do nothing. No. He says, I follow after. If that I may apprehend, that means to lay hold to, to fetch, to captivate. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul was saying there? He's saying, my slave master, my servant master, my master, my beloved master, my Lord and my Christ has captivated me. He he didn't ask again for a volunteer. He captivated me. He led me. He called me. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, Jesus said. And here Paul is saying, he drew me on the road to Damascus. He revealed himself unto me. He exerted power over me and brought me under his grace. What a great God. And though he had suffered so many things, here he said they were all counted as dung. All the things of lost. All the the, the shame that the world perceived in me. All those things were counted but dung for the glory. Uh, of the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, look, I love my master. I love my slavery so much. He said, I want more of it. (laughs) He said, I've been apprehended by Christ. And he said, uh, wherein Christ by his grace apprehended me. He said, I want to apprehend that same grace that fetched me. I I want more of it. I want to embrace it. You know, uh, a slave uh, to the slaveholder, it would be highly irregular. uh, Because, you know, at the very best of situations, many times people would want to buck out from under that. They would want to be free from it. But here the apostle Paul said, my Lord's been so good to me, even in spite of being shipwrecked and being smitten and being imprisoned and being uh, brought to poverty. Uh, All of these things, they mean nothing because my master is so good and he said his grace to captivate me and led me through all these paths that led me through all these travails and tribulations. He said, but I tell you what, I would never go back. He said, I want more of it. Give me more of it. Give me more Jesus. And friends, today I'm here to tell you, if you've had an experience, if you believe in your heart, that uh, you're, you are the Lord's, that I'm going to tell you what you ought to tell people when they ask you that. You ought to say, thou sayest. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Praise be unto God. I belong to him and he is mine. He saved me and I want to serve him. I encourage you to go and visit a local primitive Baptist church, a, a good sound orderly church and confess this before men and lovingly take up your cross through baptism and serve your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, if you belong to him, how happy it is. Until we're able to speak with you again on these wonderful and noble terms and uh, items, may the Lord richly bless you all.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the grace of Jesus.